Welcome back to the End Time Podcast. I want to read a scripture from Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, hath commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, for thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. On this episode, we want to discuss further into what it is to have the Holy Ghost. And I want to just leave you with this thought. To live in peace, you have to fight for it. But be strong and very courageous. Welcome everyone back to the End Time Podcast. I'm with Brother Tito, Brother Max, Brother Andrew, our producer, Brother Ethan. My name is John, and I want to I want to read something that a, a minister once said, and that's, and why does God let troubles come? God harnesses trouble, puts bits in its mouth, and makes it obey Him, and those troubles bring us into a closer fellowship with God. We ask for comfort and peace. God gives us the best He could give us trials and tribulations. That's better than comfort and peace. Our comforts is just beyond the river. It's those crucial hours that press us on to those sacred sands. And today we want to look at a little bit further into what it is to have the Holy Ghost. And Brother Andrew said in the intro, to have peace, we have to fight for it. As we enter into the promised land, as Israel entered into the promised land, and this is just maybe a little start of where we'll go, there's a battle that begins that's that's different than the battle that was previous, and I would say even more than the battle was previous. When you've you might have made a stand for God, you might have begun to walk with God, but now when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, there's a, a new target you could say that's put on your back on one hand, and there's also a land for you to possess on the other hand. So there's a defensive side, but there's an offensive side. There's an overcoming of yourself that you have to, that, that, that begins and that, that really, or continues, but that begins on a new level. The fight begins, the battle begins, and trials and tribulations begin, but it's what God is developing in you, and it, now there's a walk of character that's being developed on a new level. And no, absolutely. Like it's, I would even say that salvation is, is a start of a walk. It's, it's a start of something. It's a start of a journey. But then when you, when you become born again or you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that really is the the another a new start. It's another beginning because that's a new life. You know, it, it's salvation puts you on the right path, but to be born again, really now you're born into the kingdom of heaven. 
you're you're born into Christ. You're baptized by one spirit into one body, which is Christ, as we've talked about before. So it really, as John said, it puts like a target on your back to say, okay, this is a different person, you know, because there's two kingdoms in the world. There's the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of the devil. I think our original pilot episode, which was never released, we pretty much spent, it's like a 45-minute episode on that. And it's <laughs> really, really good. On the we'll kingdom. We'll have to release that one day. <laughs> but in all of it, there's these two kingdoms. And when you're born into the one kingdom, all of a sudden, you've got a target saying, that's the other guy. You know, the, the kingdom of darkness is one and the kingdom of light is the other. And now all of a sudden, you're at odds. There, there's a difference. But yet, it's not that you're at odds because you're now at peace. You're now walking in life. You're walking in love, but you got to fight for it. The children of Israel were told of a land flowing with milk and honey. And they were told of this land that they were going to leave Egypt. They were going to leave their taskmasters, their slaves, which Egypt is a type of the world. And they were going to go to a land flowing with milk and honey. And I'm sure when they got there, it was different than they thought. Actually, it's interesting because they they sent 12, 12 spies over there, right? And these 12 spies went over there, and they, they looked at this land flowing with milk and honey. And, I mean, they came back and said, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's Big amazing. Grapes. Yeah, grapes, like... What does it take? Two guys in the Bible to record the story of two guys holding a yeah, big Joshua thing of grapes on a staff. Holding the grapes on a staff in between them, one cluster. I mean... They got the evidence, right? They got the evidence that it's there. Yeah. It's real. And they brought it back to show it's real. But 10 of them said, but there's... There's giants. Giants. We're like grasshoppers. Yeah. Can we overcome this? So all of a sudden they're saying, well, yeah, there's there's all... It is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is absolutely a prosperous, a wonderful thing, and it's incredible. But there's a battle. I don't know if we can fight it. Yeah. When we get there. But yet they, and it's interesting because you read that that uh, quotation on, you know, God gave us the best he could ever give us. Yeah. And you know, we have our idea of what the best God could ever give us is. I mean, he's God, right? He's infinite. I mean, God can just give me infinite amount of money and a nice easy life and... No trouble. Yeah. Family that never has any trouble. No enemies. Everybody loves me. I mean, surely that's the best that God could give me, right? But in reality, the best that God could give you is trials and tribulations because that's what's going to make you a better person. That's what's going to mold you. And Peter would even write in the Bible, and Peter would say that the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried in the fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We're seeing the trial that you're going through those trials and those troubles and those tribulations they're more precious that's very true and the lord promised that he will not give you something that you cannot you cannot handle no, that's exactly right because i mean even when they came back to the 10 spies came back what they didn't realize too was god was giving them the ability to fight that fight they thought at that moment there's no way we can't do it. we're as grasshoppers they didn't have the faith to overcome. They didn't have the faith in the word of God because God told them that they'd have that land, but they didn't have the faith to go take it at that time. But God was going to make sure that they had the faith, but they refused it because when they went through 
the wilderness, I mean, they had some incredible miracles. Everything that the word of God ever said would happen, happened. I mean, I'd, I'd have a lot of faith in God if I went through the, the, the wilderness and a red sea went through a red sea was fed every day by angel food. And then on top of that, I, you know, you have someone else raise up a man named Dathan, another man named Korah. They try to raise up against Moses and say, uh, Hey, we're spiritual too. We're good men too. We want to lead the people. God says, separate yourself. Whoever's with Moses, go with Moses. Whoever's with them, go with them. And the earth literally opens up and swallows them up. Pretty sure I'd believe anything Moses said after that. Wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be walking around going, you know what? I think I'm going to challenge him. No, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to say is um, you are not alone. God will fight for you. Yeah. God will help you to overcome the enemy. Because um, in Exodus 33, uh, in verse 2, says, And I will send an angel before thee. And then he said, And I will drive out, drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, and the Persite, all those uh, kingdoms, I would say, or, or, or cities they will in that, in that promised land that God was already given to Israel. When Israel was in this in, in their journey to the promised land, they didn't have to fight. Or they had to fight, but the promise was already given to, to them that the land was theirs. But God was there to fight for them. They, they just got to follow the word of God or the instructions that God will give to them, and God will fight for them. Because he says, I will drive them. So that's God says that. And, and for us this day and this day, God has filled us with his Holy Ghost. So he will help us to overcome every battle, every temptation. We don't have to do it ourselves because we can't. We cannot overcome in ourselves. That's why the Holy Spirit is given to overcome. The, the Holy Spirit is a power in your life to overcome. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot overcome the temptations of this world or the, um, or the battles that we have to face as a, as a, as a Christian. That's why the, the Bible says or, or you seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost to receive that power to be an overcomer. So I read the scripture in, in Joshua. It says, be strong exactly. and of a good courage. And it says, this book of the law shall not depart. In other words, the word of God shall not depart. Let that be what you say. Let that be your confession. Let it be the word of God, not what you see. But rather, let the word of God be your confession. Because in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses would write and he would reiterate and talk about what you wrote and what you read, Brother Tito, in Exodus. He would say it again in Deuteronomy, saying, Then will the Lord drive out all these nations before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. But every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness of Lebanon, from the river to the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall be shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he hath saith unto you. Now we're coming to a, a specific point here because it's saying that the Lord will go before you, to send an angel before you. He's saying that the Lord will put the fear of you upon your enemies and upon all that are in the land that you need to possess. But then he's also saying, 
but don't let the book of the law, don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth. Let that word be your meditation. Let it be your confession. Meditate on it day and night. Observe it and do according to what is written therein. Take the word of God and live the word of God. That's what the new birth produces. When you are born again, it will produce a life that lives, meditates on, confesses the word of God. And it says, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. How many times, Brother John, does it say in the scripture that you'll have good success? As far as I know in the King James Version, that is the only time. Exactly. One time. So he said, I want to be a successful individual. Here's how. Think the word of God. Live the word of God. Confess the word of God. And the word of God to them, and also applies to us today, was every place whereupon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. That's the real prosperity gospel. <laughs> if I can say this, sometimes people um, will look at Christians and, and like we were talking about the people going to the promised land and seeing the land and seeing the fruits and all that and saying, you know, this is beautiful, it is real, it is true, it is there. But then coming back and saying, but we can't take it because there are joints there, right? And sometimes people look at a Christian and their life and they'll, they'll think and they'll desire to, I would like to be like them. I, I, I wish I could live the life that you live in. And I wish I could act the way they act. And, but then they look at it and they say, but I can't give up this. I, I can't stop this. I can't, I can't turn away from this. How is it that, you know, they don't like the fun that I like, even though I, I would like to live like them. I like to be clean like them. I like to be, you know, holy like they are. But I, I just don't think I can do it. If I can just say this, the Christian life is not something that we we make up or we do or we, we put some effort on it and, and, and no, the Christian life is what the Holy Ghost leave on the inside of us. So what is actually making us overcome? What is actually making us uh, leave aside the, the what maybe the world will call fun or whatever it is, is actually the Holy Ghost on the inside that is doing the work. So it's not the Christian that is um, putting in the effort or, you know, trying to, to build a, a certain life or a lifestyle or you know, forcing himself to do something. No, it is something that has come on the inside that is living itself on the outside. So when you're looking and you're thinking, oh, they're really sacrificing a lot or they're really giving up a lot, it's not so much the Christian giving up a lot or sacrificing a lot, but it's what has come on the inside that is making them to give up what they don't need for the for the Christian walk. So if you see a Christian that you're living the Christian life, don't think that. It is them. It is the Holy Ghost inside that is doing it. And you can do it all if you can receive the same spirit. There's a couple of things I can think about on that. And that's, uh, I, I want to say this in the right way. I, I could use the, the word, you know, the smoking as an example. I smoke as much as I want to. I don't want to smoke. And it's God that puts a desire and changes, insert whatever that thing would be that you'd look at and say, well, I can't believe they don't do this or I could never give up that. God can change that desire mm. to comes to the place you don't even want to. And, and then from there, God can take away all of the outward parts. And you, you might even come to a spot in your Christian walk where you don't want to do this, but you're still falling and you're struggling. Mm. But God, bit by bit, as you feed on the word, there, there was a story about, um, uh, an old chief that would that was asked, you know, how are you doing? And he said, well, pretty good and pretty bad. He says, well, what do you mean? He had been a new Christian. And 
He says, well, I, you know, I, sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm bad. It feels like there's two dogs inside of me, one that's black and one that's white. And he says, well, which dog wins? You know, the good dog and the bad dog, they're always fighting. They're always fighting inside. And it says, it depends on which one I feed the most. Mm-hmm. If you feed on the word, the word on the inside, by your desire, freedom comes. And as you let that desire, as you feed that desire, that true desire, God comes in and he begins to take over and take over and take over. No, that's absolutely right. Because that, that does, the Holy Spirit changes your desire because it's a complete nature change. Often that's even how it's referred to is as a nature change. All of us by birth have one nature. We have a, I have a nature. The Tito has a different nature. He likes different things than I do. We don't like the same kind of ice cream. That's just how it is. We have different natures. But then you, then if, when you get a nature change, your nature becomes like Christ. Did you know that the word nature in the Greek literally means birth? Yeah, no, absolutely right. Absolutely right. It, it does. Because when you're birthed, you get a nature. It's a spirit that's put in you. When you're alive, it's because there's a life within you. There's a spirit within you. And when that spirit is the Holy Spirit, you have a holy taste. You have a holy nature. Holiness becomes your way. And it really, but I want to, I want to just change back a little bit because that is the way of living in peace. As we said in the beginning, in order to live in peace, you have to fight for it. All of these things. I would love to have all these things with just come easy and it just to be. I could just endow it upon everyone that would be under the sound of my voice and they would just have peace and they would just live holy and have a a lovely life. But you've got to fight for these things. And it doesn't just come, you can't take extras with it. It has to become your everything. Because there's a man in Joshua chapter seven called Achan. Achan wanted to take a little something extra. He was there ready to possess the land, but he wanted to take a little something extra. He wanted a Babylonian garment. He wanted a little wedge of silver. He wanted to have a little bit of his old nature and a little bit of the new nature. But Jesus come and he said, you can't serve God and mammon. You got to have one master. And so, yeah, like Brother Max, you were saying, you know, how, how come I, I want to live that way, but I don't want to give up these things. Well, when Jesus comes in and that new birth happens, you can't help it. But it still doesn't stop the battle because Lucifer or Satan or the devil, or whatever name you want to put to him. He's the enemy. Just going to label it the way it is. He's the enemy. And the Bible would say in Revelations chapter 12, it would say that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. That's who he is. That's what he's done. He's deceived the whole world. And it says in the next verse, it says, And I heard with a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power of of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuses them before God day and night. So now that outlines the job of that old devil. So now you begin to see a conflict or a battle that takes place today, because as we're talking about that in the type, in the shadow of what we're living today, which is in the old Testament, the, the children of Israel possessing the promised land and everywhere, the soles of their feet would tread upon God gave it to them. It was their possession. They had to fight for every inch of it. So is it today. But what are we fighting against? It's not to possess a literal, tangible land. It's something that is a spiritual possession that you need to possess the word of God, but you're going to fight for every inch, every promise in the word of God. I can tell you of a surety, it's for you, but you got to fight for it. And Satan is there to try and accuse you to say you don't deserve it 
or because you did this, you should not have that. And you know what? 99.999% of the time, he's exactly right. But for the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. That Amen. covers the multitude of sins. Because it says in, in Revelation chapter 12, the very next verse, verse 11, which says, And they overcame him, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. In other words, there was something in them that began to speak, that gave them a testimony that overcame the accuser. And they loved not their own lives unto the death. It, what, what was it that was speaking? What was it that was going beyond what rightfully we could be accused of? What gave us a testimony? It's that new birth. Yeah. It's that Holy Spirit that would give us a holy desire and a holy taste. And it's still today, everything that the soles of our feet would tread upon, God has still given us to this very day. Because even Genesis, if you go right back into the very, very beginning, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 14 would write, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, This is after the original sin. We know after the original sin, God cursed Adam. God cursed, or he cursed the ground for Adam's sake. God cursed the woman that she would bear children in grief, and then God in sorrow. And God then cursed, turned to the serpent, and he turned to the serpent, and he said, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I'm just drawing you a picture in words here for a minute so you can understand what I read about in Revelations where it called that dragon, that old devil, the old serpent. And then we go right, right back into the beginning of the book, into Genesis. And you begin to see in Genesis where it begins to curse the serpent. You begin to say, you begin to see a picture of where the woman's seed is, you see a foot. And where the serpent seed is, you see a head. But the foot is on top. It bruises his head. Yeah. So you see, and then all of a sudden you go into Deuteronomy where it begins to talk about and say, everywhere the sole of thy foot shall tread, I've given you. And then if you actually flip over in the scripture into the book of Romans in Romans chapter 16, you begin to see in verse 19 says, For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. So now you begin to see Paul begin to write not just the woman's seed, which is actually Christ, or the serpent's seed. So now it begins to put it in and begin to say, when you come to a place of obedience, when you come to a place of the new birth, and you begin to become wise unto that which is good and simple unto that which is evil. In other words, that which is evil becomes, it's not even in your desire. Yeah. But that which is good is everything you seek after. He says, then the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Where now, what are you possessing? Where the accuser of the brethren is trying to say, you don't deserve this, but you're saying, I deserve it. You're under my feet. When God said, by his stripes, I'm healed. When God said, the chastisement of my peace is upon him, I can live in peace. All, every promise in the word of God, it's for you, but you have to fight for it. And I'll go further to quote, another preacher which would say 
And God told Moses, he gives him the land and he, and Moses told Joshua, every place the sole of your feet treads, I give you. And they had to fight for every inch of it. So do we fight for every inch of it. It isn't something to be babied and petted and all around like that. That's not the Christian walk. It's not a babied walk. It says, well, I'll just take you over here. And I, Jesus, God isn't saying, well, I'll just take you over here. I'll let you think about it. And you give me your opinion on what you think of my word. That's not the way to come. Come with a determination. Come that you're going to stay there till it's over. Stay there till God answers and vindicates. A man that believes in God can see the presence of God, can feel the presence of God, can sense the presence of God, and know he's here. And he is here to answer everything that he made promise for in this day. And I can say that of a surety. He's here. God is still here to answer everything he ever promised for today. But we need to cry out to him and hold on to him until we get it. Don't just leave it halfway. Stay there. Even if we got to stay and hold on to God in prayer day and night. God don't want his children to listen to just intellectual speeches. He wants them to cry out till the promise is vindicated. It's that important to us and to God that we receive the Holy Ghost. Hang on to that promise and go before God until he vindicates it to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the End Time Podcast today. Feel free to reach out to us at etpodcast at etmtab.com or follow us on Instagram at endtimepodcast. Thank you. God bless you.